Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 77. This is the replay from last night's live stream from Facebook. I interacted with some people in the chat. It was a lot of fun. They were regulars, and I enjoy their company. They joined me last night in the chat. We had a good time. We were talking YouTube. We talked some boogie van stuff, because I'm going through a huge boogie van debacle right now. And I was originally going to go on a Mopar mission this weekend to go get my friend Stacy's van. Now, plans have changed. To find out what they changed to, either go to Facebook and watch the video, or you can continue listening right here. Either way, I think we should just kick this thing off. What do you What do you say? All right? So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars Live. <laughs> You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Oh gosh, am I live again? Wow. Here we are again, folks. Thursday night. It is late once again, and here I am just winging it for another episode of Talking Mopars. This is episode number 77. And we're live. Um, you know, sometimes I, I just like to wing it. And that's what I've been doing lately on these Thursday nights for the Friday release of the podcast. I don't really expect anybody to tune in on a Thursday, especially when you got to work on Friday. But hey, you know, it's worth a shot. Maybe we'll have some fun tonight. Who knows? But what I can tell you is that I'm going to tell you the latest boogie van news, because as a lot of you know, I am on a quest to get a boogie van for the podcast. I want to turn a boogie van, a Dodge custom van into a mobile podcast studio for shows and events and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to finding one. And I thought I did, but as it turns out, it might not work out. I had a Mopar mission planned for this weekend and things just got a little crazy at the, at the 11th hour. So, you know, it is what it is, but we're going to get into that. We're going to listen to some more listener messages um, that I got on the voicemail. And that's pretty much it. I'm going to keep it kind of short. I don't, I don't want to keep you guys around for two hours again. So, uh, you know, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I'm your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars. What's up, Logan? Um, hey, guys. Hey, everybody. Uh, once again, here we are on Thursday night. It's, gosh, going on 11 o'clock. And once again, I just thought I'd wing it tonight and uh, fill you guys in on a little bit of what's going on in my world. Um, like I said during the intro, I've been looking for a podcast van, a boogie van, because I grew up around them. My dad had a 75 Dodge Shorty custom van that he built from a cargo van from the ground up. And ever since then, I've thought they were cool. I've always thought, you know, the creeper vans were cool. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very excited to get one. And I thought I had one. My friend Stacy, he has one. And he offered to sell it to me for a very good price. And I have everything lined up. I'm going to get 
the trailer tomorrow. I'm I'm actually renting a truck because, you know, I'm cool with doing local hauls and stuff with my little 1500, but uh, I'm going to go over the pass and pick up this other van. And I really didn't want to risk not having a brake controller and stuff. Call me a pussy, if you will. But uh, my truck's been taking a lot of beating and it needs service. So, you know what? I thought I'd rent a diesel truck because I miss mine. I really miss my Dodge diesel. And uh, I thought, you know what? It might be nice to rent one. So, I was, <laughs> so I'm going to rent one. And, uh, you know, something, something about what I was doing this weekend and the van I'm going to pick up, um, I started thinking about it a little bit more. And I remember there being some sort of an issue. And the issue is that my friend Stacy got this van from a good friend of his. Okay. That friend bought it from some other guy. But Stacy's friend, this is going to get confusing. Stacy's friend never got a bill of sale or transferred the title from the guy he got it from. And then he gifted it to Stacy. So Stacy sent me a picture of the title and whatnot, and everything was good, you know, and I started thinking about it, though. And I was like, well, there's no paper trail. You know, there's no bills of sale. And technically, if the title isn't in your name, you really don't have, you know, legal ground to sell it. You know, and that's not Stacy's fault. He just wanted to see the van go to a good home. And I wanted the van. What's up, Mike? Anthony, what's up? Um, I know, dude. I wanted a diesel. <laughs> Uh, so I was in a, a predicament and I thought, you know what? I don't want to go all the way. Stacy lives in Eastern Washington. I'm on the West side. So it was going to be a, basically let's call it a five hour drive. And I thought to myself, you know what? Let me just call the licensing office because locally there's a really good licensing office and they're Mopar people. So I thought, you know what? They'll give me the straight, you know, they'll, they'll shoot it straight with me. So I call him up and I tell him the situation, but at the time that I called, I completely, it, somehow, some way, Stacy told me the whole story and the guy before he, <laughs> the guy who gave it to him, I, I only knew about that situation because it went over my head, the rest of the story. I completely didn't realize that the guy that Stacy got it from never transferred the title, yada, yada, yada. So I called the licensing office just trying to see what the deal was about getting the title situation handled with the way that I thought it was, which was just there was no bill of sale. It never got transferred, yada, yada. And they told me this whole, <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare of paperwork if it can even be done. And I asked them, I was like, can my friend sell me the van? And basically what they said is no. <laughs> so I had to make the call to Stacy or rather I, I messaged him and then he called me and we talked about it. And I was like, look, I've, <laughs> I've had some situations with titles and stuff in the past and I really want to avoid that kind of a headache. So he understood, he felt really bad that we didn't have this all ironed out. And I felt bad because I wasn't paying attention when he sent me the picture of the title, yada, yada, yada. I should have been paying closer attention, but I didn't and I paid for it. So now I have a trailer that I'm going to go get. I'm going to borrow it from a friend. And then I have this truck that I've rented. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, what do I do now? So thankfully there's always a plan B. And there's a couple other vans that I've been keeping on the, on the back burner. And 
one of them just came up recently on Craigslist. It sold today. So that I already had seen that because I was actually looking at it for a parts van. That's gone. So I was like, all right. But uh, there was uh, another option. Before I got the Mr. Norm tribute truck, I was working a deal with another one of my buddies. And he was going to sell me a tin grill. And he reached out to me when he found out I sold my dart and my truck. And he said, hey, look, I know you just sold your tin grill, but I've got a couple I'm trying to sell. So he sends me pictures and I'm like, oh, that, very cool. And at the time I was kind of like, I kind of wanted to go away from the tin grill stuff because after selling mine, I was like, oh man, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, I regretted it immediately. Um, but as it turns out, it was for the greater good. But he sends me some information about his tin grills and I'm like, okay, cool. Those are cool. Yeah. And he had a short bed. Um adventure se really cool and 360 in it runs and drives so immediately immediately i'm in he gives me a price and i'm like okay you know we can work with this and i was actually really excited but in the pictures i saw a van in the background <laughs> you know so of course i'm like hey what's the deal with the van and uh he says ah it's really not for sale basically and i'm like okay and then uh we start talking about the truck and i'm telling him you know hey there's this other deal and this was the mr norm truck there's another deal that I'm working on right now. If that falls through, basically, you know, let's do it. And I, actually, we were working out the deal on his truck when, um, I think it was a the time. My timeline's a little messed up, so I was actually working the deal with him on his truck. And then, gosh, it must have been a day or two later. Just if you heard the story, I just thought on a whim I would reach out because I remembered. I said if I ever had the money, I would try to buy that truck. So. Before I pulled the trigger on my other friend's truck, I decided, you know what, let me reach out and see if I can get this Mr. Norm truck. And that's what happened. So I told my other friend, hey, man, I'm sorry. I I ended up getting a truck I really wanted. So he's like, yeah, no problem. And I told him, hey, I'll help you sell what you got because they're pretty cool. And like I said, at the time, he didn't want to sell the van. Well, a couple days later, and I think this was before I actually got the Mr. Norm truck. Yeah, it was before I actually made the deal on the Mr. Norm truck, but it was pretty much happening. He reached out and said, well, you know, basically I'm willing to sell the van. So now I'm like, oh God, <laughs> you know, what am I getting myself into? So I'm thinking to myself, okay, how can I get the Mr. Norm truck and this truck in this van and then possibly flip the van while still getting my friend Stacy's van? So I'm in this, <laughs> I'm in this entire shit show trying to figure out how I'm going to make this happen. And then here we are now where Stacy's van right now is on hold. I may buy it in the future um, if he can get the title stuff straightened out because I do like the van. And let's be honest, vans are getting hot right now. So if you can get your hands on one, might as well. So and I may use it as a parts van in the future. Who knows? But that's still on the back burner right now. But I still have a, a truck that I rented and I already told my buddy I was going to borrow the trailer. So now I'm like, all right, well. Maybe I'll reach back out to my friend and see if he's still interested in selling the van. Because I, I killed that I killed that idea in um in the first place. I was like, you know what? I, I can't deal with all these vehicles. You know, so I had my sights set on after I got Mr. Norm, that truck, I decided, you know what, I'm just gonna get Stacy's van and then that'll be it for projects for me for a while. And then the van had kinda had some issues there. And then uh I reached out to this guy with this other van and I said, Hey, you still got it? And then Long story short, he ended up saying, yeah, yeah, I do. And I'll sell it to you. So 
in a span of a few hours, I was able to make something else happen. And it's interesting because the van that I'm going to look at this, I shouldn't say look at, I'm going to go buy it, um, is basically my dad's van with the exception of my dad's was black. And this one is a different color and it's pretty cool. So it's got the big single door in the back, not the, not the barn doors. Um, so that's what my dad's was. And the color, from what I understand, and from what little research I've done so far, it's pretty rare. So I'm interested in seeing where this goes. It is a shorty. Stacy's was um, a longer wheelbase. It wasn't the extended one, but it was a longer wheelbase, which was fine. But in reality, I really wanted to get as close to my dad's van as I could. My dad had a shorty. So I found one, and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, it's got a 360 in it. Needs a little bit of work, but, you know, don't they all? <laughs> Uh, so the Mopar mission this weekend is I'm going to go get this van and bring it home and then go from there. So that's the update on the boogie van, which, you know, it's been a long time coming. The cool thing about this one is it's got virgin steel. So it's never been, the sides have never been cut. So it doesn't have bubble windows in it. And I actually have some Pentastar bubble windows. So I get to christen this van and throw some Pentastars in it. So I'm really excited about that. That'll be fun. Um, oh, Mike, you know it, buddy. <laughs> uh, Rory says in Washington, you can get the name and address of the title owner from DOL and send them a registered letter asking them to sign the power of attorney. Then if it comes back unopened, you can file for a title in your name. You may have to get it inspected by the WSP, but it's doable. I've done it a few times. So I didn't want to get into too much personal stuff, but one of the people it has passed away. So that kind of compliment, uh, complicates things, Rory. Um, and to be honest, I, I would much rather have Stacy iron out all that stuff and get the title in his name, and then we'll go from there. Um, no big deal. Uh, thanks, Logan. I'm going to need it. You never know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, you know, I'm that type of jerk that when I have my sights set on something, um, I have to make it happen. You know, and with the, I, I really did want to get Stacy's van, and it's no hard feelings between me and him. You know, I... I still like the guy and maybe in the future I'll buy the van. Who knows? But for now, I'm going to go ahead and hold off on that just because of my own peace of mind. I don't need that kind of I don't need that kind of thing lingering in my head like okay, now I got to do a state patrol inspection and all that. If Stacy gets the title in his name, then it'll be perfect and I'll be able to get the get the van from him uh, at a future date. But for now, I've I've locked in this deal for this other van and I'm pretty excited about it. And I was excited for Stacy's too, so you know, it is what it is. So I guess we'll get the boogie van and go from there. I'm going to record some video and I really didn't, I, I was going to make it a surprise and do all that BS again, but I was like, nah, <laughs> let's just get on the podcast and talk about it. So that's what's going on there. Um, some plans I have, like I said, I want to be able to not only tow the Mr. Norm truck, but I want to be able to pod, I want to have all my podcast equipment um, in the van to have uh, the ability to podcast from events. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, also speaking of events, I have booked my plane tickets for Holly's Mo Party in Bowling Green, Kentucky um, at the end of September. And in November, I will be attending SEMA um, if I have to uh, break into that thing. <laughs> no, I I'm probably going to get a media pass. I think that's the only way I'll be able to get in. But uh, I'll be at SEMA. So if any of you are going to be at Holly's Mo Party or SEMA, you know, say hi. Maybe we can uh, do a little podcast thing. But uh, that's that's the plan. What's up, Kelly? Um, <laughs> Logan, I'm really excited about your duster, dude. 
it's coming together pretty quick. I like it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're just doing the damn thing. You know, I'm kind of just, I, lately I've just been flying by the seat of my pants. You know, ever since I got that Mr. Norm truck, it, it was like, it's been a whirlwind for me because for one, <laughs> here's another story. So for those of you that don't know, Mr. Norm's son, Norm Jr. has a Facebook page. It's called Mr. Norm's Memorabilia. And they've been going through Mr. Norm's private collection and basically getting all of the last bit of signed items and memorabilia that he has. And some of them, obviously, they're keeping for the family, but some of them, they're auctioning some of these items um, because obviously Mr. Norm can't sign anything. So anything that's signed by Mr. Norm, that's it. So on Saturday, I caught it live. And what he does is he's been auctioning stuff. Uh, Lee has, Lee Norm Jr. And uh, I went on there and he was showing some stuff that he was auctioning and he showed this painting. Now, I don't know if you guys know who um, Dave Snyder is, but he's a, I'm pretty sure that's his name. Yeah, Dave Snyder. He is a very, very well-known automotive artist and he creates these amazing paintings. Um, and Lee Norm Jr., had one of these paintings signed and it's, it's a limited edition, uh, numbered painting. So it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's pretty rare, but, um, so it's signed by Dave and Mr. Norm and it's a print. It's huge, right? So it was up for auction. So of course me being me, I, I see it and I'm like, that would be great in here in the podcast studio. I was like, I want that. Cause it's like an, it's a painting of Grand Spaulding Dodge. It's really cool. Um, I should probably see if I can find it online. Um, show you guys a picture, but uh, I'm I'm sitting there and and the auction opens up at 350 bucks. <laughs> so me, I'm like here, <laughs> you know what I mean. And for a long time, I thought that it was mine. Thank thanks, Rory, Logan. I'll see you at SEMA. Anthony, SEMA or bust. I get it. We're going. Um. <laughs> so I I'm the only bidder at 350 bucks. And I'm looking at how many people are watching. I mean, there was more people in there than there are in here right now. But there was 20 people in there. And I was like, well, I hope nobody wants that thing more than me. So, I mean, the the live stream that he was doing lasted, you know, like an hour and a half or something like that. But it wasn't until the very end that some guy came in and started to, we got into a little bidding war. And I thought, I don't like to lose. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's do this. And I knew how much I was willing to spend. And it was an ungodly amount. Uh, it was ridiculous. I probably wouldn't be able to buy, buy this van <laughs> if uh, I had bought the painting for what I, what I thought I was going to have to buy it for. But we got into this bidding war and I ended up getting the painting for, you know, I guess it's public knowledge. I got it for uh, 600. <laughs> uh, so I, I spent $600 on this painting, but there's going to be no more. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think the only ones left were three, the one that I bought, one that Norm Jr. has, and then I think he's giving his son the other one. So I thought that the only place that would be worthy, <laughs> aside from their houses, to have that would be the Talking Mopars podcast studio. So hopefully I'll be getting that in the mail soon. I was really excited to win that. I wish that guy hadn't bid me up because I knew he was going to lose. I, I really just wanted to say, hey, dude, don't even bother. <laughs> just let me have it for 350 bucks because... Uh, I'll be here for a while <laughs> and uh, you know, I want it and I probably shouldn't have been that, that careless with my money, especially when I got other stuff I need to buy, but collectibles, man, especially Mr. Norm stuff. Um, 
I, I had to get it. So I got that. Um, if you don't, uh, n- if you haven't heard, Mr. Norm passed away, unfortunately. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff in his collection that is going to be auctioned. So I suggest you go follow Mr. Norm's memorabilia and get a notification because you can get some cool stuff for cheap. I mean, what I bought was probably the most expensive item. And, you know, I'm sure they've got other cool stuff. I know that there was a bunch of other stuff that was signed that I didn't buy just because I I had to keep all my, all my, uh, all my gold nuggets <laughs> waiting for that painting because I, I was hoping no one was going to bid and I was going to buy some other stuff, but this guy had to come in. He's like, Oh, it'll be great in my collection. I'm like, eh, it'll be better in mine. So, <laughs> uh, we won that, but, uh, so yeah, go follow Mr. Norm's memorabilia. Um, gosh, what else did I want to cover tonight? We've only been doing this for 20 minutes. I didn't want this to go for two hours again. <laughs> uh, once I, once I get past an hour and I'm by myself and I don't have any friends to give me some backbone and help me out, uh, it starts going off the rails. So we're going to keep it a little short, but I do have some voice messages that I got. Um, I do like receiving voice messages because, you know, as much as I would love to read the emails that I get to you guys live, it would be a complete train wreck. I promise you that. So it's easier for me to play voice messages. And thankfully I have some listeners that like to frequently send me messages. So we'll play some of those in a minute. Um, Anthony, no, I did not. I bought this truck. Okay. And (laughs) the plan was always to somehow get it out to an event, you know, Carlisle, Holly's Mo party, because this is going to be the second year of Holly's Mo party. Um, I didn't make the first one, which was regrettable because someone that I know in the podcasting world, Rob Kibbe, who has uh, a podcast that I was interviewed on called The Muscle Car Place, um, he went out there and I was supposed to go out there and we were going to do um, some podcasts. He was going to do his podcast and I was going to go around and interview people for mine, but I just couldn't make it happen. I couldn't get the time off work. I didn't have the money and um, I was supposed to do some promotion for Holly, but it just didn't work out. You know, first year show, uh, things got a little hectic for them. Things got hectic for me. And frankly, I didn't have the money to do it. So it didn't happen. And Rob got an interview. I think the only podcast interview with Mr. Norm, which left me a little sour, not at Rob, but I had tried, I reached out to Mr. Norm a few times, a couple times, and he was a busy guy, so I didn't blame him, and I didn't really want to push him too hard, but I was like, hey, you know, I got this Mopar podcast, I think everybody would love to hear more personal stories, you know, everybody knows the general story, and I've covered it on this podcast, but I thought it would be really cool to get Mr. Norm on the show and, you know, dig in deep, and Rob did a pretty good job with the interview, but, you know, Rob's not a Rob's not a hardcore Mopar guy. You know, he's got a, he's got a general Lee or whatever, which is cool, you know, to each their own. But, uh, I thought that there was a lot left on the table with the Mr. Norm interview. And I'm like, you know, I didn't want to be grim, but I was like, you know, this may be the last interview. I mean, he's getting old. You know what I mean? We don't live forever folks. So I was a little disappointed that some of the questions that I had didn't get answered, you know? So, and so my goal was always to get to Mr. Norm somehow and get that interview, you know, then this was before I even had the truck. And now that I have the truck, my, my main goal was like, okay, how can I get it to one of these events? And I, I probably wouldn't have driven it. I would have had to trailer it, which is fine. Um, I was actually going to ship it and then fly out. But, uh, you know, now that's not going to happen. I was going to have, uh, I was going to try to get Mr. Norm on the podcast live and, I was going to have him hopefully sign the truck and take a picture with the truck. I thought that would have been great. I was really looking forward to that. And then what was it? A couple weeks after I got the truck, he passed away. 
which was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you know, more disappointed that yeah, I really wanted to have him on the show because I thought that, you know, maybe there was some, maybe there was some more cool stories that we could mine out of it because everybody's heard the stories. You know, we know how Grand Spalding Dodge was formed and um, all the all the big stuff that everybody's heard before. He's done interviews before. It's not like it'd be the only interview he's ever done. But uh, it was an opportunity for me to also reach out to all you guys and go, hey, what do you want to know from Mr. Norm? Because there were some things that I wanted to know and I actually asked him. Um, one of the times I, I – because this was all – I communicated with him through Facebook. And uh, I said, well, you know, I understand you're a busy guy and you can't come on the show. Is it okay if I ask you a couple questions? So one of the questions I asked him was if you could go back and instead of putting the 383 in the dart, would you have instead, since in 68 they had the Superstock dart and Barracudas with the Hemis, would you have instead just, you know, beat Chrysler to the punch and or beat Hurst, I guess is how it would go. But would you have beat them to the punch instead and put a Hemi in the dart instead? And uh, he shot that down real quick. He's like, no. <laughs> the 383 was perfect for the car. And, you know, after thinking about it some, I guess I agreed. But uh, I don't know. It seemed more like Mr. Norm style to just throw a Hemi in it. You know what I mean? But um, he told me it was like comparing uh, apples to oranges when you talk about uh, the 383 and the Hemi, which I understood what he was saying. But, um, yeah, so I had a little bit of interactions with Mr. Norm. And the interactions were good. I'm, I'm just, I'm still bummed. I really wanted, I mean, if you're going to come on a podcast, you know, especially maybe the one and only podcast you ever do and you're a Mopar legend like Mr. Norm, you should have been on Talking Mopars. And that's not his fault. I should have done whatever I could to get to Moparty because I would have had that interview. And it, no offense, Rob, if you ever listen to this, it would have been better than yours. And that's just because I'm hardcore. <laughs> you know what I mean? This Mopar thing, I've been a Mr. Norm fan forever. So we would have... We would have, you know, we would have glossed over a lot of the stuff that everybody already knows. And I, I would have dug in a little bit deeper, you know, what's in his personal collection, you know, what's his favorite Mopar of all time? What does he think about the modern stuff? If he could go back and do anything differently, would he have, you know, um, so it, it's, it's just an opportunity I'll never get. And that bums me out. But the good news is I have been in touch with Norm Jr. and some people very close to Mr. Norm who want to help me out with the tribute episode. Because I wanted to do a tribute episode and I told everybody, hey, send any stories of interactions or, you know, kind words that you want to say about Mr. Norm to me on the voicemail and I'll play them on the show during a tribute episode. And so far, I really haven't, I mean, I was actually kind of disappointed <laughs> that uh, not very many people have reached out. So I said, you know what, I'm not just going to let that go. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to people myself and get people that were close to Mr. Norm on the show to give us a little bit of an inside um, to the legend. You know what I mean? It's Mr. Norm. <laughs> so that's the story there. What else do we got in the chat here? Hey, Kurt, no problem. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i having a good time doing these things, and there's going to be plenty to come. Braden, what's up, buddy? Yeah, uh, as far as getting into SEMA... You have to be part of the industry. And my in <laughs> has been media and talking to some people. Now, don't quote me on this, but when I just had the Mopar Hunter podcast page or the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, um, they said that uh, if I had a big enough following, I could basically get in as media. So I already had an in, but I just never made it happen. 
Um, last year I was supposed to go <laughs> and obviously with COVID and all that BS, that didn't happen, but this year it's happening for sure. Um, if anything, I'll be outside of the convention center with my microphone. Hey, this is Chris from talking Mopars live, <laughs> uh, but we're going to make that happen. Um, so you can get in as media in case you didn't know. Kelly, he says, uh, since the, hold on, we can do this easier. <clears throat> Since the Hellcat Demon is street legal, there should be a dedicated chemistry shootout. Ten and a half tire, VIN, safety inspection, license plate, state register, and 60 mile drive verification, 10,000 payout. Yeah, I. so Kelly's talking about uh, drag racing. And, you know, here's my thing with drag racing. And this might piss a lot of people off. But uh, I don't care about the big corporate stuff. I really don't. I like the more grassroots stuff and even street outlaws. And this, I'm not talking shit. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy the show, but like the no prep stuff at the tracks, I just, you know, I was like, eh, you know, and even on the street, I'm like, these really aren't street cars. Come on. You're just racing, <laughs> you know, badass cars on the street. I, you know, I would much rather see, like, I like their daily driver stuff and they're slow, obviously compared to, you know, the 200 mile an hour friggin' eighth mile monsters, 2000 horsepower cars. But, um, I like a little bit more grassroots stuff. That's why I, I was such a fan of farm truck. Cause I thought, you know, Hey, here's a guy with a ratty truck doing his thing. I loved that. But, um, you know, you started getting into the pro mod stuff and, uh, I'm just not into it. You know, it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, I've said this before. I really like the, um, the supercar stuff and the fast, the factory appearing stock tire races. I think that's cool. If you can make a muscle car appear period correct and still run a 10 second quarter mile, that to me is awesome. Um, but uh, as far as what you're saying, Kelly, I, I do think that would be awesome. You know, small tire. Um, yeah, being able to actually uh, real street cars. Yes, I think that would be awesome. $10,000 payout. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, you know, uh, I like what I'm seeing with a lot of the content from YouTube when they do a lot of street racing stuff, like the legit, you know, the bad, the, the illegal stuff, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I guess it's because I, it's always been of interest to me and you know, that, you know, John force cool. Yeah. He's a famous drag racer and stuff, you know, no offense, John, I'm sure you'll never listen to this, but, uh, I'm not into it. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got millions of dollars. I don't care about you. I care about the guy who works a nine to five, wrenches in his garage and takes his car out on the weekend and kicks some ass on some streets. I like that. Or goes to the track. You know, I'm not really condoning, you know, deadly shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it's still cool. I like that. The danger is cool. I don't care what anybody says. Um, is it safe? Eh, <laughs> that's very debatable. Um, I would say no, but hey, you know, what? what's safe anymore? <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I do like the idea of uh, some more interesting drag racing classes, um, more geared toward the grassroots people. But, you know, you're talking about Hellcat and Demons here. So I don't know how many grassroots people can afford those. But uh, if there was a class, and I know they do this, but like the ratty muscle car class, I would like that. Um, as you're firing down the track, you see the rust particles. <laughs> that would be cool. But um, yeah, I would definitely like to see more grassroots drag racing, um, especially televised. You know, I, I don't care about, I, I shouldn't say I don't care. I'm just, I don't have as much of an interest in, you know, the three second, you know, whatever, top fuel, the alcohol cars, they're cool and shit, but, you know, the nitro car is cool, 
but uh, it doesn't hold my interest, you know. Anthony, it is a shame that the interview fell through. Uh, gosh, having Mr. Norm on once again would have been so cool. And, you know, it would have been fun to say that I was the only podcast that ever got Mr. Norm. It's talking Mopars, man. Come on. <laughs> you know? So, it is what it is. I, I, I won't beat myself up too much, but it will be when I'm on my deathbed, if somebody's there with a microphone in my face and they go, what's your biggest regret about your podcast? I'll say that I didn't get Mr. Norm on because I probably could have. I didn't want to push, you know what I mean? Because I respect the guy, but uh, I, I should have, I should have nudged him just a little bit harder. I'm shit. I should have said how much, how much is it going to cost to get you on the show? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, didn't work out like that, unfortunately. Kurt, again, you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Kelly says you should buy a mobile dyno and tow it with the truck. That would be rad. <laughs> that would be very rad. I know that thought never even crossed my mind. That's a great idea, Kelly. I'll give you credit for that if it ever happens. But here's the thing. Unless I sell a lot more t-shirts, which you can get at TalkingMopars.com, uh, there will be no uh, mobile dyno. I can't even afford that. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> the Mr. Norm truck, uh, while I don't really want to talk about how much I paid for it, I did overpay for the truck. Now... I didn't overpay for the Mr. Norm truck itself. Like, it's hard for me to explain this. If if that truck did not have the lettering on it, I would never have paid what I paid for it. But because I fell in love with it in the first place five years ago because of that, and because I didn't want to see the guy who owned it at the time, the previous owner from me, paint it, you know, he actually reached out to me yesterday or the day before. And he's like, hey, I see that you love the truck, man. I'm happy. I'm I'm happy for you, basically. And he said that it was a cool truck, but you know, for him, it was just a it was just a cool old truck. For me, like you know me, high performance heritage, you know. And like I like I said previously on another show, um, if you if you get technical with it, that really wouldn't have been like some people have asked me if it's a real Mister Norm shop truck. It is not, and I'll never say it is. And it's funny because. A real Mr. Norm historian, and this isn't an insult to anybody that's asked me about it, but like, let me, here's a good idea. So I actually have, when you order stuff from the Mr. Norm memorabilia shop, you get one of these cool timeline posters of Mr. Norm that's signed. And there's only a few of these left, so get them while you're hot, or while they're hot. <laughs> um, but uh, if you look, in 1977, Mr. Norm sold his ownership in Grand Spalding Dodge. My truck is a 78. <laughs> so if you want to get technical, um, it's it's a nice tribute, but technically it's not correct. You know what I mean? If you, if you were to call a tribute correct, you know what I mean? So that's kind of a, a funny little piece of knowledge. And I've been waiting for somebody to call me on it and go, well, hey, that's not accurate, <laughs> you know, but nobody has. So um, now if they try, I can say, oh, well, I already talked about it. So yeah. Kelly says, I always wanted a 72 GSS Demon performance test data. Um, oh, you just wanted to see what... Oh, okay. So you always wanted to see the 72 GSS Demon performance test data. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, I've never seen it. Uh, that would be really cool. You're talking about the one with the air cleaner that says Tri-Power on it. <laughs> uh, 
where he um, put what, what, he. It was a three forty car that he put a six pack on. Um, if if I remember correctly, but I also know that there was a supercharged. Was that the? I thought there was a supercharged demon too. Um, I need to do more research on that because I've seen some interesting stuff out there. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure he had, uh, a car that was supercharged that he sold at his dealership. And I believe it was a demon. Don't quote me on that. I haven't done the research. Um, uh, now I'm going to have to do the research. Thank you, Kelly. That's, that'll be a good episode. Anthony says the closest I ever got to meeting Mopar royalty was when I ran into Tom Hoover, the, the grandfather of the Hemi and the original Ram Chargers team at Mopar's at the Strip in Vegas. That's a story in itself. That is another event that I would love to go to. I heard now it's not just Mopar's at the Strip, though. It's Muscle Cars at the Strip, which is cool. Um, actually, the, the guy who bought my Dart has an F8 Green 69 Dodge Dart that he drag races. And uh, his name's Tracy Grooms. I'm sure if you've been at Muscle Cars at the Strip or Mopar's at the Strip, you've seen it run. It's like a nine-second or was a nine-second car. Um but now it's going to be blown on alcohol. And uh, when he bought my dart, he was telling me that uh, he was sending it to a shop to have a, an aluminum wing put on and some parachutes. So it's going to be pretty badass now. Even more badass than it was before. But you know, every time I saw that dart, it shows. I knew that that's what I wish my dart could have been. But it would have never. <laughs> with the amount of money that I, I rake in with this podcast, which is next to none, <laughs> uh, that would have been a hard, a hard car to build for me. Kelly says performance numbers for the supercharged demons is vague. Okay, yeah. Um, I have no idea. I there has to be a magazine that's done something on it. I'm gonna look into that, Kelly. We'll see, we'll see if we can dig something up. And I I don't want to say I have an in, but I do know some people close to Mr. Norm now, and I, I'll try to find out what I can. Um, if anybody'll know, it'll probably be one of them. Or if we can find somebody who's done uh, extensive history on Grand Spaulding, maybe we can find some stuff out. Logan says, thank you. Grassroots is way more fun in my opinion. It is, man. Um, you know, anybody can... <laughs> that's why... Okay, here's a quick example that has nothing to do with Mopars, but I'll say this. Well, actually, I guess it kind of does. There's that guy on YouTube that uh, took that TRX, that new TRX Ram, and just beat the living shit out of it. <laughs> and uh, I, I guess he got in trouble with the cops or the law. I guess he got char he got 18 charges for some pollution BS or something. But um, regardless, some of the pictures he shows is of, and I, I don't, I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, but I was a little bit curious about the charges that he received for that video. So I saw a video and he's like in this very ritzy community in his garage. And there's like, I, I thought I saw a Lamborghini. I thought I saw a McLaren and I'm like, oh, this is just a rich kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, of course he can buy all this shit. He's rich, you know? So, I mean, that kind of stuff. You know, that goes going back to the drag racing and stuff. Yeah, if you got millions of dollars, you can do cool stuff. And I'm not saying anything bad against, you know, um, the Mopar uh, drag racers out there because they're doing their thing. You know, Leah, everybody knows Leah Pruitt. Um, she's amazing. And then uh, there, there's several others. I can't think of their names right now, but I'm also not a big, I'm just not a big, uh, I don't want to say sport of drag racing because I do like drag racing. But when it comes to the corporate shit, like the stuff on TV, even the NHRA Nationals, and <laughs> I, I guess I do kind of have, 
I do have some beef with NHRA just because they've always made it so hard for Mopar stuff. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of these racing organizations, uh, these sanctioned events, have always like handicapped Mopars just because we're more badass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I, I always kind of thought that was BS. I like. Uh, let me put it this way: I'd rather watch a bunch of ratty. 13 second, 15 second, 12 second, maybe 10 second, ratty ass muscle cars. You know, they don't even have to be Mopars, but that would be pre uh, preferable. You know what I mean? Um, I would rather watch that than, you know, all these, anything that you could find on ES. If if the drag racing is on ESPN, I don't give a sh about it. Okay. <laughs> so that's my opinion on drag racing. So I guess if I ever wanted a career in professional drag racing, that's not going to happen now. <laughs> but uh, I know a lot of uh, guys into drag racing, and they're all badasses, and they all got cool cars. Way cooler than anything I've ever seen that's got a bunch of corporate logos all over it. Um, so that's just my opinion. I know there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that love NASCAR. I think it's boring as shit. You know what I mean? I wish I could. Eh. Are there places to watch all the old NASCAR videos? Like back at, I mean, look at some of the, like if you look in a NASCAR now, it's like, okay, you know, you're pretty much, ever since, you know, Dale Earnhardt died, you know, rest in peace, Dale. Uh, all the safety and stuff got really, really, and you know, it's good that the safety got improved. <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't want to see people die. But back in the early petty days, when it was like the, you know, when the wing cars were out there, you know, and the Talladegas and all that, um, that just seemed more badass to me. And if anybody knows where I can go watch old NASCAR races with the wing cars, please let me know. Cause I would love to do that. Um, Kelly says turbo boost is what's up. You're correct. Um, turbos are badass. I like them a lot, but I'm, you know, for a while I was, I was really into turbos, but I'm, I'm telling you, I really, I really have been into uh, superchargers lately. Um, I think Whipple's doing some really cool stuff. Um, I actually, I don't know if, how many people, I didn't know about this company, but I was doing some research after I bought the Mr. Norm truck and I had some, some extra money and I was like, uh, you know what? I kind of want to supercharge this thing just for fun, you know, see what I can get for a supercharger. And I had never heard, this is kind of hard to believe for some people that I've talked to, but I've never heard of Torque Storm superchargers. And you can get them for small block Mopars for like 2800 bucks. All you need is a blow-through carb. And I'm like, what? 2800 bucks? And uh, they're badass. I mean, at least from the research I've done, they look pretty badass. I mean, if you're trying to go, you know, if you really want to be really, really fast, you know, you might want to go a different route or, you know, get one of their crazier kits. But the one I was looking at, just a basic kit was 2800 bucks. To me, that seems like a good deal. You know, because I'm not trying to win any, you know, speed records or anything like that. I just want to have a fun truck. So, I don't know. Supercharged stuff is really cool, too. Any, and, you know, naturally aspirated stuff is cool. I guess it just really depends. You know, if somebody said, hey, would you rather have a turbocharged Gen 3 Hemi or a supercharged Gen 3 Hemi? Or would you rather have an all-motor, you know, 572 Hemi? I'd probably go with the 572 Hemi just because elephant. You know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, that's not to say that turbos aren't cool and superchargers aren't cool. I think they're badass. I, I like it all. If I could have one of each, hell yeah. <laughs> Give me one of each. You know what I mean? 
Logan says, we have an event here at Great Lakes Dragway called Anarchy. Tons of classes from crazy fast cars to a 1320 index daily driver class. See, I'm into that. I would love like mixed events. That would be cool because when the really fast shit is up, I'm going to go get something to drink. <laughs> I'm going to go get a hot dog or something and then come back for the slower stuff. <laughs> the stuff that I think I might be able to afford. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that sounds like a cool event, dude. I don't. How often do they have those things? Oh, it's all no prep too. That's cool. Yeah, that there's something about you know, uh, it's dangerous, man. You watch some of those no prep events, and these guys are, I mean, they're losing it and uh, hitting walls, disintegrating their cars. It's insane. Um, what else we got here? Kelly guy in West Virginia has a mobile dyno for twenty five thousand negotiable. Okay, if you can find twenty five thousand people, okay, probably don't need that much. If you can find twelve thousand people to buy a shirt from me, dude. I will buy that mobile dyno and I will tow the hell out of it with Mr. Norm, okay? <laughs> so share, share this with everybody you know. Um, if I had money, man, <laughs> I'd be dangerous with a lot of money. Like if I was one of those rich YouTube guys, I'd literally get on this and be like, what do you guys want to see? What should I go buy? And I'm not destroying shit. So if you think I'm going to go destroy a brand new TRX, you're out of your mind. But uh, I, th I think I'd be pretty fun with money. I don't know. <laughs> if anybody that's rich wants to give me a loan, see what I can do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you got what do you got to show me kelly what do we got here i don't know if i can i can't click on the link dude that sucks sorry um i will save that link and i will check it out Logan says there is a supercharged demon. I've seen some photos of it. Yeah, it has like, yeah, I know there is. I, I need to find out more information about it. I'm, now I'm really curious. And I've always been curious, but I never really, it never really occurred to me to have an episode about it if I can find out um, some uh, legitimate uh, information. <laughs> Whistling D Diesel, is that his name? Is he cool? I don't know the guy. I just, I heard about him. And I, I turned on one of, his vi one of his videos, and he was in a pink sweatshirt, and he just gave me a, the, the wrong first impression. I was like, oh, this guy's kind of douchey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe he is cool. You know, I don't know the guy, so I guess it's wrong for me to judge him. If he's cool, he's cool. And I, I'll take your word for it, Kelly. But uh, I don't know. There's something about... I just... Uh, I don't know. If you're going and you're buying... You're kind of pulling your piece out and waving it around, okay? If you go out and buy a TRX and destroy the hell out of it, I don't really, I mean, you're just looking for YouTube hits, but hey, make your make your paper. You know what I mean? <laughs> if that's how you make your money, do it. But uh, you're not going to catch me wrecking Mopars to get views on YouTube, I'll tell you that. Anthony says, here's a picture of the Mr. Norm Supercharged GSS Demon. Let me see if I can, it won't let me copy and paste this, which is starting to piss me off. Um, let's do this. Hold on a second, guys. <clears throat> Let's look it up. Grand Spalding Dodge, supercharged demon. GSS. There it is. Okay. Let me get this pulled up on the screen. We can all look at it together. Sometimes uh, my computer doesn't like when I open the internet while I'm live streaming. So if I cut off, I'm sorry. Let's see if I can share my screen here. I haven't looked at this yet. So if it's anything dirty, it's not my fault. 
Oh, let's see here. Okay, I'm trying to open it. I'm frozen right now. Sorry, guys. Okay. Let me just bring this over here. I think you guys can see this. Can you guys see this? 72 Dodge Demon GSS, Mr. Norm Street Machine. Supercharging was a sixth solution that boosted the factory 340 V8 to a stout 360 horsepower. Built by Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge. The only one finished in petty blue. So there was more than one. It's an authentic Paxton supercharged Mr. Norm GSS Demon. Complete rest rotisserie restoration. Date correct 340. New old stock Paxton supercharger specifically for the GSS Demon. This is good information. Console shifted torque flight. Black buckets. Factory gauges. Console sports steering wheel. Black. Signed by Mr. Norm. There you go. Multiple award winner. It sold for $69,550. That seems like a good deal. Uh, that was back in 2013. In 2013, that's pretty good money. Nowadays, I think that's a deal, especially, you know, considering um, the passing of Mr. Norm. Let's see here. I'm just trying to run through this. This might be a little bit boring for the people that are listening. Yeah, okay. So there's all the um, Mr. Norm uh, Grand Spalding history. Which I forget what episode it was, but you can go back. Um, uh, during one of the earlier episodes, I did uh, one on Grant Spalding Dodge and Mr. Norm. Actually, I think it was the second episode I talked about the um, the big block dart that he built. Okay, in 71 at the Twilight of the Horsepower era, Mr. Norm's developed the Dodge Demon 346 pack. This car kept kept performance high while leaving the insurance premiums relatively low. On paper, it looked like any other 340 Demon, but it wasn't. This was a full-blown performance machine with quarter-mile times to prove it. That's that's Mr. Norm style. That's, that's, that's what he does. Most muscle car history books will tell you the market for these cars ended by 1972. For the most part, it did thanks to a number of converging events, skyrocketing insurance rates, government emissions mandates, and changing market demographics made the market all but disappear. But Norm Krauss knew some Americans still had that need for speed. But it was an a new automotive era, one in which ever larger engines, higher compression, and wilder cams could no longer be used to create power. Mr. Norm that significantly modifying the factory engine would raise the ire of the government, so he performed an old hot rod trick. He installed a Paxton supercharger. <laughs> Very cool. The supercharger fed seven pounds of boost to a custom-made aluminum airbox around the factory carburetor. Mopar's A-Block 340 made 275 horsepower in 1970, but the compression had to be lowered in 72 to accommodate the move to lead-free gas, which allowed Mr. Norms to supercharge this engine without internal modifications. It was a slick solution that boosted the factory 340 from a wheezing 240 horsepower all the way to a stout 360 horses. The GSS package also included oversized pulleys, a modified fuel pump and, and pressure regulator, a heavy-duty oil pump and valve spring retainers, and a SureGrip 355 rear axle. Before delivery, every GSS was dyno-tuned on Mr. Norm's Clayton chassis dyno. My first car was a 1970 Duster 344 speed with 323 gears that was ridiculously fast to 60 miles an hour, so I can only imagine what an extra 85 horsepower and 355 gears would be like. The base price was an was a reasonable $3,695, but these were truly custom cars, and Mr. Norms could make them as plain or as fancy as the customer wanted. 
that bought 0 to 60 in about 5.6 seconds and the quarter mile in around 1392 at 106 miles an hour. Very cool. Yeah, that, God, Mr. Norm was just, yeah, like this says, uh, ahead of his time. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm trying to see if, okay, so according to Mr. Norm himself, he remembers about 100 GSS cars were built out of the 87, uh, 8,750, 1972 Demon 340s. Okay. Yeah, so these were specially uh, built by Mr. Norm. That's why they're the GSS, the Grand Spalding, uh, the Grand Spalding Sport, or Grand Spalding Special. I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, I can't believe it sold for sixty nine thousand dollars back in two thousand thirteen. I thought the market dipped back then, but uh, I that car now, whoo, -hoo, you might be knocking on the doors closer to six figures, maybe even over. Who knows? If only a hundred, if only a hundred out of the nearly 9,072 Demon 340s were Mr. Norm GSS Demons. How many of those are still around, you think? You know what I mean? That's crazy. All right. <clears throat> That's nuts. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that, dude. Let's get back up here. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Logan says every fall and spring is normally around June and September for the fall one for the anarchy event. <clears throat> there goes my voice. Uh oh. And we're already almost going on an hour. This is insane. <laughs> Logan, I might have to go check out that anarchy event sometime. If people would just buy more t shirts at talkingmoparts.com. You can actually get it. I do have a t shirt that says no Mopar left behind if you don't want to walk around. You know, with a shirt that says Talking Mopar's Podcast. Um, there is one shirt that just says No Mopar Left Behind. Um, I like it. Uh, maybe you will too. Go check it out. TalkingMopars.com. Check out the merch shop. Brett says, I'm in the minority with my opinion, but WD tries too hard to be cool to each their own. Uh, he must be talking about Whistling Diesel. Yeah, I mean, hey, don't try too hard to be cool. I, To my own detriment, I just be myself. And sometimes I make a fool of myself, and that's fine. Um, I would never try to be cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not that. I never want people to come uh, to come back later on and go look at this asshole. Oh, oops, I cussed. <laughs> look at this guy; he's trying to be cool. Or look at this guy; he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he pretends he does. I'll be the first to tell you, I am no Mopar expert. I'm sure a lot of you guys here know way more than me. I just like talking about Mopars, and I know a little bit about a lot. <laughs> you know, and that's not saying I know a lot. I just said a little about a lot. So, and I, I learn something new every time I do an episode of Talking Mopars, like High Performance Heritage, where I do research on a vehicle. And there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of information I leave on the table that I don't even talk about just because it's, there's so much. You know what I mean? Um, so I try to leave a little bit on the table. So if somebody listens to the show, they're like, there's got to be more information and they can go look it up themselves. You know, plus, I mean, how long do you want to hear me talk about the same thing? <laughs> I, I'm pretty good at it, but. WD just enjoys gaslighting haters. Bring it on, whistling diesel, because I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> That's not me being a jerk. That's just true. I don't care about that guy at all. <laughs> Hopefully he never has a TV show with a network and they're like, hey, that talking Mopars guy, ban him. Don't ever let him talk to anybody. <laughs> if he wants to come on the show and explain himself and tell me why he's so cool, yeah, sure. 
Come on, buddy. But he's not going to come on my dinky little show when he's got millions of followers. You know what I mean? I'll never, I'll never, even if this podcast blows the hell up, okay? And Discovery comes to me and they're like, hey, we want you on Motor Trend. We want to give you a show. I, I still wouldn't be a big shot. I'd still be doing these lives. But see, the problem is now, I don't know how true this is or if some people are trying to big shot me, but there's some people that I wanted to get on the show. And I was, you know, I approached them and they basically told me, I don't know how much I can say about this, so I better be careful, uh, that contractually they are not allowed to do things like this podcast. So I feel like the individual who said that to me was big shotting me. And that's fine because in reality, I just want to talk to him. But if he wants to be an asshole, <laughs> be an asshole, dude, I'll remember that. You know what I mean? But the people that support me, you know, when I'm nothing, <laughs> when, I, when I have eight people watching this on a Thursday night at almost midnight, you know, when I'm a nothing, if I ever blow up, I will never forget you guys. Remember that right now. Okay. And I probably won't blow up. We'll probably be doing this 20 years from now. <laughs> Brett says he put Challenger on steel wagon wheels. No thanks. Peacocking at its finest blah. Is that the guy that like dressed like an Amish? That, that, f oh my God. I got to be careful with what I say. But uh, you know what? Screw it. Hey, he's a tool. Okay. <laughs> you can, sh you can share this video with him. I'm sure he doesn't care. He can, he can try gaslighting me. Fuck that guy. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sometimes I get out of control. See, that's what happens when I go an hour and I'm just winging it. You know what I mean? We haven't even played any messages yet. Um, Anthony says, okay, yeah. The demon did use a Paxton supercharger. I want to look more into that. Gosh, could you imagine what one of those things would go for now? <laughs> Insane. Okay, Kelly, let's talk about your GT45 turbo and a 318. What else did you do to that thing? Oh, Logan already asked. <laughs> Great minds think alike, buddy. <laughs> Stock bottom end. 340 cam and 360 heads. Uh, Logan keeps asking the right questions. Let's just go. Uh, okay, so Logan says stock bottom end or what? Kelly says stock bottom, 340 cam, 360 heads. Logan says, what are your power numbers at? Been thinking about doing that to my 72 duster. I'm all for it. <laughs> Do it. Uh, Rory says 340 heads have bigger valves than the 360. Weren't they uh, two point something? Shit, I, I should know this kind of stuff. Not off the top of my head. Um, I thought that the 360... Uh, I thought that the 360 had the better... It was better all around. The only thing that killed it was the low compression. Because wasn't it like supposed to be the predecessor of the... or uh, the, uh, Wasn't it supposed to um, be better than the 340? But uh, because of the gas stuff that was going on in the early mid seventies and the late seventies, it kind of killed the three hundred and sixty. That's what I thought. I could be wrong though, because I don't know anything. <laughs> Kelly says he never dynoed it, but a buddy G'd it with a phone app at about five hundred and fifty wheel horsepower at sixteen psi with a stock bottom end. How long did that last, dude? Hey Kelly, if you develop that small block Mopar Turbo A body kit. Let me know. We'll promote it. I'll get you on the show. We'll talk about it. Because that's, I've always said that. It pisses me off every time I get, sometimes I get a wild hair and I'm like, I'm going to turbo Mopar. <laughs> and I go looking up stuff and I'm like, why is it every time I look up turbo small block Mopar, usually I get an eBay ad for some cheap Chinese piece of crap. You know what I mean? Who's texting me right now? Huh. Uh, 
you know, why I always see the Chinese crap on eBay and I'm like 900 bucks for a twin turbo kit and yeah, no thanks. Um, has anybody ever done a review on that? I should look that up. Maybe I'll buy one and just see what a piece of shit it is. <laughs> uh. Logan says, if you visit Wisconsin, there are plenty of hotels nearby. It's a blast of an event. One of the cars that ca it's called Bad Judgment. Look it up. Badass Blower Mopar. Cool, man. I'll check that out. You might have to remind me. Ask me next week. Hey, did you look up that car? And I'll probably go, uh, no. <laughs> and he'll be like, it's called Bad Judgment. Moron, go look it up. <laughs> hey, Anthony, I appreciate it. You know, us Mopar nerds need to stick together, okay? <laughs> and I, I love talking to you guys because you got, like I said, you guys know a lot more than I do. So I love talking to you. I always learn something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whistling Diesel. God, even that name's douchey. I mean, some people are like the Mopar Hunter. That's douchey. Whistling Diesel's pretty douchey, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I could go back, I probably wouldn't have. Because I just want to, like, I've always been on the, my thing has always been, and I've studied marketing and advertising and entrepreneurship and business stuff. And they always said, if somebody reads your name for your business or whatever, they shouldn't even have to look at what you're about. Like the, the podcast, Talking Mopars, okay? If I'm a car enthusiast and I'm looking at podcasts and I see one that says Talking Mopars, I'm not going to go, gee, I wonder what they're talking about on that podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Talking Mopars, boom. Easy for a Mopar enthusiast to find. Okay. Now, not everybody thinks like that. So I, I get it, but I do. So I was like, I want it easy to find and I want people to know what it's about. That way, I it automatically, the name itself filters people out. <laughs> you know, maybe a Chevy guy listens to it, but I doubt it. You know what I mean? I just want my people listening to it, you know? But uh, the Mopar Hunter, I was like, well, what do I do? I hunt Mopars on Craigslist and out and around. Like now, of course, there's way cooler Mopar Hunters than me. You know, I, gosh, the list is huge of people that go out there and actually hunt these Mopars. So when I, when I think of the name, the Mopar hunter, I'm like, Ugh. now it's kind of cringy for me, but I ride with it. You know, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> it's the Mopar hunter. I, I, you know, we're all Mopar hunters. Let's be realistic. If you've ever gone on Craigslist and typed in Dodge or Plymouth 19, you know, whatever to whatever, and you were looking for Mopars, you're hunting for Mopars. That's all there is to it. So we're all Mopar hunters. <laughs> I just happened to get the Facebook name first. So sorry, first in market, guys. <laughs> 202. Okay, yeah, Rory, that's what I thought the valves were too. But see, now that's the problem with being in my position. Okay. If I sit here and I say something wrong, I will be roasted like chestnuts on an open fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't get away with that kind of stuff if you're trying to be on camera like, <laughs> or on a podcast. I, I've been roasted before for some stupid stuff that I've said. So I try to be careful. And that's why I always say, I don't know it all. And I don't, I'm not too proud if somebody's like, hey, you got that wrong. Okay, cool. And I'll correct myself. I have no problems with that. 331 stroke, 318, 340. Um, 358 stroke, 360. Okay. Richard Holdener. I think that's how you say his name. He's cool. I like his channel. He's always doing stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Especially, I got a couple Hemis. So I watched a lot of his Hemi videos, and it really opened my eyes to what they're capable of, you know, even when you just throw some parts at them. Now, I wouldn't be as reckless, but uh, I think it's fun with uh, what he does. He's one of my favorite YouTube channels. I really like watching Richard's stuff. He pushed a GT45 on a 4.8 LS to 780 horsepower. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. 
Yeah, Logan, I think we all do, man. <laughs> we all look up A-Body Mopars. I, I sold mine, and I thought, you know, I had one. I never got anywhere with it. I think my next one's going to be an E-Body or a B-Body. And then uh, I glance at my checking account, and I go, nope. <laughs> uh, but I still love A-Bodies, man. Um, they get a bad rap, but they're cool as hell. That's what I think. I actually, I would love to have a duster. I've always thought, the reason why I got a dart and why I was so adamant about getting a dart when I did was because my dad had one. And I was always obsessed with building the dart that he never had the chance to build because he sold it. You know, and then eventually I lost interest in it. Go figure. You know, but I, this is my prediction. I'll probably end up with another dart someday and go, God, I wish I would have kept the one that I sold. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, it is what it is. I think anybody, Logan, I think anybody that has a Mopar has their hands full, dude. <laughs> Let's be honest. Kelly says, I have a 67 Barracuda Fastback. Sweet. One of my favorite A-bodies. Four speed. Sweet. I'm building a 318 short box. Speedmaster aluminum heads. 202, 160 valves. 280 degree, 530. 112 solid lifter cam. Holly Super Sniper EF. Board, Warner S475. Um, I want to ask you something. Kelly about the uh Holly Sniper EFI. I've been looking at the EFI for the truck because I really like drivability and I always thought that if I did put the Hemi in it, I wanted to get the aluminum intake manifold and put um a Holly Sniper EFI on it. Uh that way I could run an old school air cleaner. Uh how do you like the uh Oh yeah. Do you have it running yet or no? Because I'm curious what people think about the. I haven't really talked to too many people about the Holly Sniper, and I'm really curious about it because I've heard good and bad things. I've also, the Speedmaster heads, I'm, I'm curious about those too because I've heard both good and bad things about them. I heard you really, that you can buy them because they're good and they're um, affordable, but you really want to check them out really closely when you get them. So, because uh, I was looking at them, but I'm like, ah, gosh, I don't know. But that's just me. I would like to know if anybody has any experience with, uh, Holly Snoop, uh, Snooper, Holly uh, Sniper EFIs, or Speedmaster Aluminum Heads, I'd love to um, get more information about them. Because I am very interested in EFI. Just for drivability, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> more so than going to car shows and stuff, I hope that my insurance company isn't listening to this. <laughs> I enjoy driving my truck to work. And when I get up in the morning, it's, you know the ass crack at dawn. <laughs> so it's like, you know, four, 5 a.m. And, uh, you know, I got to warm the thing up and it's sometimes it's hard to start. And I know my neighbors hate it. Not that I care that much, <laughs> but uh, it would be nice to be able to fire it up and have it start on the first try. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anthony says not to self plug. Uh, this should be good. Every time somebody says that, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, buddy. Not to sell plug, but if you guys like Mopar and cool, unique cars in general, check out my YouTube channel. Here's a link. Mopar review. I review my 1965 Plymouth Barracuda. Is that, Anthony, is that what your YouTube channel is called? Mopar review? Um, I'm going to write that down so I can follow you, dude. I have a YouTube channel, guys, but I haven't put anything on it yet because I've been trying to figure out how I can go about putting previous episodes of my podcast on it and make it interesting. But I decided just to load up all those episodes and then I'm going to go through and clip them um for fun stuff and uh go from there and then obviously i'm gonna have a ton of video content with this van and stuff so that'll be pretty fun um 
I'm writing down Mopar review, Anthony. So for those of you listening through the podcast, I think Anthony's YouTube is called Mopar review, but it says Mopar review. I review my 1965 Plymouth Barracuda. So go check it out, subscribe and like his videos. Same with all my other friends. Hey, you can plug here all you want, dude. <laughs> if any of you guys have businesses or you want to plug something, maybe you got a part for sale, feel free. <laughs> I don't mind. Kelly says, my YouTube channel is Kelly's My Garage. Go follow, like, subscribe, whatever you do on YouTube. Go watch Kelly's videos. Still mocking up. Okay. Let me know, uh, Kelly, let me know when you get all that stuff going. I want to hear what you think about all of it. Because I've seen the Speedmaster heads and they look good. You know, but I'm also not a machinist. And I also didn't have any, you know, I didn't have a mic or anything to check stuff out. I didn't have any calipers. So it's like, I don't, you know, what am I looking at? I'm just looking at a nice shiny set of heads. You know what I mean? I think they were bare too. I don't think, God, it's been a while now. But they, I mean, they looked good. No, that's all I can say about them. I don't have any other experience other than that. Logan says, I heard the sniper system is pretty good, but if you're a noob and try to tune it yourself, it could be a nightmare. I thought they were self-tuning. Kelly says, I've tuned Holly HP. Kelly says, electric fuel pump, automotive regulator, bypass style, return to tank, fixes all car problems, startup and drivability. Okay. You know, the, the problem is, like with my truck, it's got an Edelbrock AVS2 on it. And I don't know what the guy did, but uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast. So <laughs> I didn't do the natural way you check for a sure grip. If you have the truck in the air, when I did the tires, I was like, I want to, I want to be surprised. <laughs> so uh, when I finally, I think it was the next day after I got the torque thrusts on it and I took it out, um, I just so happened to be on the road by my house that, you know, either has traffic or it doesn't. And I got onto it when it didn't have traffic. So I dropped the sucker in first gear and let her rip. And it fell right on its face and almost died. Then I popped it in second gear and it came back alive. So it, it does fall on its face. Um, I think it might be getting too much fuel. It sounds really rich. And I have a, it does not have an aftermarket intake. It's got a factory four-barrel manifold on it. So I have an Edelbrock 318-360. I've heard good and bad things about them, but I got it for super cheap. So I'm going to throw that on there, and then I'm going to tune the carb. So right now, Mr. Norm is down in the garage. Um, I think I got... Uh, a delivery for the gaskets and stuff I needed. Um, and then my buddy, I don't know if you guys follow me on social media on uh, Instagram or whatever, but uh, there was a picture I posted of a, um, God, I don't even remember now. God, it's getting late. Uh, it was a satellite or a roadrunner. It could have been a, a roadrunner clone, but it was the Fuchsia Loss body style. And I pulled over to the side of the rope so we could check the straps on the drag car that he just bought. He just bought a little uh, 64... AMC Rambler American and uh, it's got the cool twin stick. I don't know how much you guys know about it. I didn't know. I'm looking in the car. It's got two what look to be excuse me, automatic shifters, but it's got a clutch pedal. And I didn't know anything about that setup. I told my buddy I was like, "You know this thing's got a clutch pedal in it?" He's like, "Huh?" <laughs> and uh we were both surprised. But um so where was I going with that story? God, I just lost my train of thought. I guess uh We'll move on. <laughs> That's what happens when I don't get very much sleep. 
damn it, that's going to piss me off that I forgot what I was talking about. <clears throat> well, where was I going with that? <laughs> Jesus. Unbelievable. Anthony says, my YouTube channel is actually Tales from the Junkyard. Sorry for the confusion. Okay, Tales from the Junkyard. No worries, buddy. I'll write that down real quick. It might be a few days before I um, subscribe to you. That's not because I'm a jerk. That's just because I, I write. I mean, I, I have notes everywhere, and I, I look at them like once a month. But I, I promise you I will subscribe. Tales from the Junkyard. Cool, man. What do you guys think about uh, all the channels that go into wrecking yards and get these vehicles running after they've been sitting for a long time? You know, you got Dylan McCool, uh, Junkyard Digs. Um, you know, I don't know, Anthony, do you do that kind of stuff? I think it's really cool. I think it's fun. I love watching them. It's really fun. Oh, I remembered. So... When I hauled the <laughs> so stupid, when I when I hauled my buddy's AMC because he he sold his truck, so I helped him haul it home, and for helping him, he gave me an MSD distributor, one of those billet really nice distributors. So I'm gonna upgrade the rest of the ignition system in uh, the Mister Norm um, truck. So there's a couple modifications I want to do before I really dig into the carb and get it running good. But I I thought I could just uh, get an EFI setup because if I was gonna do the old school four barrel intake on the new Hemi that I could just throw the sniper on it because I'm pretty sure they're they're they can be used like that, you know, because if it's going from a four barrel intake manifold to a four barrel intake manifold it should be good, right? So that's that was my train of thought with that. But uh I don't know. I'm kinda running out of money. I'm buying this van and <laughs> I have a problem. When I have money I always blow it. All right, Anthony. Um everybody follow like and subscribe to Anthony's YouTube channel. All right. Tales from the Junkyard. Logan says, another good YouTube channel is Uncle Tony's Garage and also 318 will run. Love 318 will run. Here's a story about Uncle Tony's Garage. If you've ever listened to his podcast, yes, Uncle Tony had a podcast. Very short-lived. I was disappointed that it ended. But before I listened to his podcast, I had thought about doing a Mopar podcast and I had three names. The first one was Talking Mopars. The second one was the Hustle Stuff podcast. And the third one was Direct Connections. And like I said earlier, I wanted people to see the podcast and go, oh, he talks about Mopars. If it was Direct Connections, they'd be like, what is he, an electrician? <laughs> you know what I mean? Something. And then uh, the Hustle Stuff podcast is like, what is he talking about, selling drugs or what? You know what I mean? So I was like, all right, let's go with talking Mopars. And then I discover, because I start doing research to see if there are other Mopar podcasts, right? And I run across Uncle Tony's, and I'm like, oh, man, because I knew his YouTube channel, and I was a fan. You know, I shouldn't say that. I wasn't a fan, because I didn't I, I didn't follow all his stuff, but I had run across the first YouTube, obviously, the viral video that got him famous was the one where he's like, here's everything you need to know about an Edelbar carburetor, and he chucks it. <laughs> that was the first video I saw, and I was like, oh, this guy's funny, and he's got a cigarette, like, burned all the way to the ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> um so yeah, I started watching uh, some of his YouTube stuff, and then uh, I found the podcast just looking to see if there were other Mopar podcasts. And uh, so I start binge listening to him, because at this point, I'm like, I think a podcast would work, and I don't know if there are any Mopar podcasts. And I start listening to it, and he's talking about Dave Ray from Graveyard Cars and how he wants to do a show with Dave Ray, 
and call it Talking Mopar. And I was like, or Talking Mopars or Talking Mopar. But I was like, son of a, I was so mad. I was like, damn it. Finally, I think I have a good idea. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, the Mopar Hunter page was like, eh, okay. You know, it's cool. But I wanted a funner, like I have more fun talking to people. And I was like, I kind of want to try a podcast because I've been listening to him for a long time. And uh, I just didn't, I'm a Mopar guy. So I wanted to hear as much Mopar stuff as possible. And eventually uh, I listened to them all. (laughs) And then I find Uncle Tony's and then he says that and my, my soul was crushed. So I was like, all right, if somebody's already doing, if Uncle Tony's doing a podcast, then there's no point in me competing with someone like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, which was the wrong, wrong way to think. There's never enough Mopar podcasts. In fact, if any of you guys want to start a podcast, let me know and I'll tell you how. It's going to cost you, but I'll tell you how. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so I listened to his podcast and unfortunately he quit. Uncle Tony suffered from pod fade where if you don't see instant results, you give up. Uncle Tony, I like the guy. He gave up on the podcast. I was disappointed. I was bummed. But then I thought, well, if you give up on the podcast and you're not doing it anymore, I guess that means that talking Mopars isn't going to be real for you. So I thought, you know what? I'm not, I don't feel ashamed that I thought of the name and then I heard it from Uncle Tony and I knew I would get criticized for it. I knew people would be like, oh, Uncle Tony said it first. All right, well, here's what happened. Because I'm a respectful guy, I reached out to Uncle Tony and said, hey, Uncle Tony, I'm a fan. I like watching your stuff. I don't know if I said I'm a fan, probably. <laughs> but uh, I said, I like watching your stuff. And basically, I said, here's the thing. I have an idea. I want to do a podcast. I want to call it Talking Mopars. Is that okay? I don't want to step on your toes is basically what I said. I could dig up the message somewhere because I still have it. And I kept it in case this ever comes back to bite me. And he tries to do the podcast and say, oh, I came up with that name first. Uh, well, you gave me the blessing because he did. He said, hey, podcast is done. Um, the idea is dead in the water. Feel free to use it. He was really nice about it. And I thank Uncle Tony. And, um, you know, I... I have nothing bad to say about Uncle Tony. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's fun. I think he's funny. Um, He's been getting a lot of criticism lately, and I don't understand it. I I guess there was a video of some YouTube guy that just went off on him (laughs) because uh, I guess there was some drama about the bottle rocket or whatever, and I don't want to get into it, but um, that's none of my business. But uh, I don't have a problem with Uncle Tony, and I think what he's doing is good as far as, you know, telling people, hey, you know, these cars on TV and stuff, just go get go get a ratty car and have fun. You know what I mean? And you don't have to, I I just like his grassroots way of um, looking at things and, you know, no on YouTube. Come on, let's be realistic. Not everybody knows everything. You know, there's not one guy that's like the end all be all. When I look at YouTube videos on certain subjects, I try to watch more than one. So if you sit there and you put people like uncle Tony, and, and again, this isn't me talking shit. If you sit there and put people like uncle Tony on a pedestal, then, uh, you know, you're putting too much faith in one person. You know what I mean? I hope if I talk about Mopars on like a high performance heritage episode, like I was saying earlier, that you listen to it and you go, oh, I want to learn more about that. <laughs> and you go out and learn more about that because I'm not the end all be all for information. Um, God, God, if anybody ever said that to me, like, man, you're so smart. I, I would have to shut them down real quick and be like, look, I just like talking about this stuff because it's fun and I love Mopars and I'm an enthusiast just like you. Okay. I do like, okay, uh, Logan, I do like 318 will run. He's got vans and stuff too. Very cool. Um, he's the reason why I bought an Edelbrock, uh, or not Edelbrock, but a Summit. Um, 
I bought a Summit Cam. Uh, it was the 6901, I think. Just because I kept watching YouTube videos of these guys with this cheap cam, and it sounded good. And then I buy it, and then I ran across the Hughes Whiplash cam, because I had never really paid too much attention to it, and it turns out it sounds badass. But anyways, right, here we go off the rails. Yeah, as far as the uh, EFI units, Kelly says Edel crap. <laughs> Are you a Holly guy, Kelly, or what? Oh, yep. <laughs> I need to start reading ahead. Use a Holly 477. Use a Holly 477. 4777-650 double pumper or 4779-750 double pumper with a Proform center section jetted 7680. 6.5 PV. Um, yeah, gosh. It's tough because I also don't want to invest too much money if I'm going to go Hemi. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know where I'm at right now, dude. But uh, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. Much more than myself. So I don't know. This is one of those situations where I'll probably get some money and I'll probably go on something like this and just be like, what do you guys think? <laughs> and to see what you guys think. Logan says, I have an AM, a 65 AMC Rambler Classic wagon I sold to get my duster. That's cool. What was the story on that car, Logan? You were talking about your Edelbrock ABS car being crap. Uh, I don't think... I don't think it's the carb's fault. I think it might be the guy who put it on because I don't know how he tuned it. You know what I mean? Um, the way I, when I realized it was having issues, all I did was I turned um, the screws down until the idle got rough and then I smoothed them out and then went like a half turn farther um, on the mixture adjustments. And it felt like it was running better. And then I drove it around for a little bit and that was when I did that live from the car show. I drove it out there and it was handling fine. And it actually felt like it was a little snappier and had more power. And I was like, all right, this is great. I, I think I did something good. But uh, I don't have a vacuum gauge. So that was one of the reasons why I was out and about. Because I was going to get a vacuum gauge and do it right once I got the intake on. And uh, the new ignition set up. So, oh uh, God, what was it? The next day, I think it was. Or maybe it was that same day. I forget. Anyways. So I go back out with the truck and I pull out of my driveway and the thing dies on me. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm like, hmm, weird. So I start it back up, starts up fine. So I'm like, okay. I start driving down the street, give it a little throttle. And I'm like, okay, it's good. And then I get to the stop sign and it dies again. And I was in a hurry to go somewhere, I forget. And I was like, I need to look at this more. I need to hook it up to the vacuum gauge and figure this thing out and see where it's at. So I pulled it in the garage. It's been in there ever since. Um, because I've been trying to get ready for this van that I was supposed to buy. Cause I, I don't know if you guys have seen my garage, there's no room in there. So I got to move a bunch of stuff around. And now that I'm doing this podcast so late, I, I don't have time to do it tonight. So tomorrow, tomorrow night, I might do a live from, from my garage. Uh, I got to go in there and organize some stuff, but, uh, you know, I don't have anything against Edelbrock, I guess. Um, I'm going to try to tune it and see if, uh, it gets better. Kelly, do you have better things to do with your time than tune an Edelbrock carburetor or watch YouTube videos? <laughs> or are you talking about the podcast now? Are you like, I got better things to do with my time than watch this shit? <laughs> no hard feelings, buddy. 
Anthony says, I like Vice Grip Garage. He does a lot of that junkyard startup stuff and run stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I'm entertained by that. Um, it really opened my eyes when you see people pull cars and trucks out of fields and stuff that haven't been running in several, several, maybe even decades, right? And they get them running. I think that's cool. Anthony says, my channel name is a play on words, tails, as in the fish tail in honor of my Barracuda. Very cool. I like that. And the junkyard part comes from the fact that everything I put together uses parts I find in the junkyard that I can repurpose. No part left behind, I say. I like it. Anthony, that's cool, man. I like that. Kelly Prime, have you checked out Alex Sanderson, the Gas Tap YouTube channel? No, I have not. I'll write that down, too. I'm actually writing Anthony's name next to his YouTube channel that way. I know, Anthony. Underscore, underscore, underscore. <laughs> That'll remind me. Alex Sanderson, the Gas Tap YouTube channel. Okay. Sorry for you podcast listeners. I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably going to post this as a podcast episode too. And sometimes I wonder, like, these aren't structured. When I go live, it's not structured. I prefer to go off the cuff, especially if I have people in the chat, because I think that's fun. So that's what we're doing. If you're listening, uh, you can always, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, gosh, this is kind of boring to listen to, I hope it's not. I hope you're getting entertained somehow. <laughs> you know, maybe you're working on your car and you just need some background noise. Here I am. <laughs> um, you can always jump over to the Facebook page and find the video for episode 77 and you can watch it if you want i mean all you're gonna see is my ugly mug but you know hey <laughs> yeah i'll check out alex anderson the gas tap youtube channel kelly says 69 valiant 360 magnum gt 45 727 8.8 .8 diff out of like an explorer or something i i thought about doing the 8.8 .8 in my dart but i I'm one of those jerks who's like, eh, I want to keep it Mopar because I don't want to deal with that kind of criticism. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was also cheap. And at one time I did have an A-body eight and three quarter and I got cocky because I bought a $50 Dana 60 out of some, oh God, what was it? Out of a, a Ford one ton or some shit. And I was like, I just need the housing. I bought it for 50 bucks. And I was like, don't need the eight and three quarter A-body housing anymore. Stupid me. God, I'm so mad at myself for that. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, Turbo Mopars are cool. I'll say that. Anthony says he's subscribed to the Gas Tap YouTube channel. I think that's who you're talking about, dude. That's cool. I'll have to check it out. Logan talking about his AMC. What was it? An American Classic Wagon? Sorry, dude. A Rambler Classic Wagon. Okay. <laughs> uh... I should pay more attention or at least get more sleep before I do these things. <clears throat> Logan says, bought the car from a good friend of mine for 1200 bucks. Good deal. Had rust everywhere on it and the floors had holes the size of golf balls. Maybe not good deal. <laughs> but it was all original three on the tree and very low miles. How many miles? I would have to come on the podcast to actually tell the whole story in detail. Hey, anytime, dude. If I'm ever live, I'm, gonna, I'm always going to say this. If I'm live and you have a webcam, a phone, and headphones or earbuds, you can come on the show and... You know, if, if you're not shy, you know, I'm shy as hell. And here I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to hear the story, dude. 
Kelly says, my setup was like his six years ago. It's way better now or what? Sounds like it. Even Logan says, gas tap is another really good... Okay, gosh. Rick says, good morning, Chris. Good morning, Rick. Kelly says, search Turbo Valiant on YouTube. Australian Valiant with a stroke 318 and a Borg S480. It runs mid-nines. Holy shit. That sounds cool. I got to write that down, too. Turbo Valiant. YouTube. <clears throat> 13,000 miles on it, huh? Wow. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Logan had 13,000 miles on that AMC that he had. That's crazy. Anthony, thanks for joining me, buddy. Um, feel free to jump on another time. We'll check you out. What? Oh, here we go. And they are verified miles too, maintenance records and everything. That's cool, man. Wow. 13,000 miles. That's crazy. Good night, Anthony. We'll see you next time, buddy. Um, Yeah, that's nuts, dude. God, it's got to be late where you're at, dude. <laughs> are you on East Coast time or uh, Mountain time? I'm on West Coast time and it's already midnight. And we've been going for an hour and a half. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to get ready to shut it down, guys. I'm going to play, so Tad, our friend Tad, who still holds the record, and he's he's leading the pack, and he's like, he's he's lapping everybody now. He's got so many messages to me, uh, which is fine. I, I love it. I don't mind at all. Um, I think it's funny, but he's, let's see how many, Tad, if you're listening to this, buddy, keep them coming. I think it's hilarious. Um, so Tad's got one, two, three, four, five. He sent me six messages between... The 12th of March and Thursday. Yesterday. Or today. Well, yesterday, today. Because it's Friday now. Um, we'll save that for uh, the next episode. Um, let's play this one. I haven't listened to any of these either. So we'll play this one. This is two, two minutes and 20 seconds. This is Mike. It's Mike from Mike's Mopar Garage on YouTube. So check out Mike's Mopar Garage. Let's hear what Mike has to say. Jesus. Hey, Chris, this is Mike from uh, Mike's Mopar Garage YouTube. Um, I wanted to, most of us have never had an opportunity to uh, buy one of the marquee cars, you know, Superbirds, Daytonas, Hemi Kudas, all that kind of stuff. Because of the fact that they're just so expensive and uh, just most of us, uh, there's no way we can afford those. But I want to share a story of the one that got away that I was so close to getting that to this day, 35 years later, it still hurts. So in 1986-87 time frame, I was in U.S. Air Force Station in uh, Illinois. I used to go over to Indianapolis to the Hoosier National Car Show that was held in the infield of the Indy 500 track. So we used to go there all the time looking at cars. So this time frame, 86-87, I had been working part-time for several years and saved uh, approximately $3,000 uh, to buy a car. And so I went over there at that time to look at the car crowd. And so $3,000 would buy a really nice uh, used Mopar back then. So I was looking for a really nice car and walking through the car crowd, what did I see? A 70 Alpine Mopar. So I went over and looked at it, and it was only five. 
Of course, it cuts out when he tells us what kind of car it is. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> Let's see. It could have very well been my service. Let's try this again. Car and walking through the car crowd, what did I see? A 70 Alpine. So I went over and looked at it, and it was only $5,000. I couldn't believe it. Uh, the guy drove it there, so I drove. It was, uh, it was real rough, but it was there, and it was all complete, and it was a superbird for five grand. Uh, I a 1970 Alpine White Superbird is what I'm gathering from that. That's awesome. I offered the guy the three thousand dollars I had with me, and he turned it down. He was uh, pretty firm on the five grand. Uh, so throughout the day, I, I came back and forth several times trying to get him to come down to that three grand, and he would not budge. I even went so far as to grab a roll of quarters because, of course, this is well before cell phone days. I grabbed a roll of quarters and called my father, who was also in the Air Force. And begged and begged for him to send me $2,000. And uh, he just couldn't afford it, couldn't swing it. So at the end of the day, I had to walk away knowing that I could not buy a Superbird. And I was only $2,000 away from being able to get it. And uh, that was 35 years ago, and it still hurts today. Um, it all worked out in the long run. I got a really nice uh, 68 Charger RT, but uh, boy, that one got away and it hurt. Uh, enjoy your podcast. Look forward to hearing many more episodes, and uh, thanks a lot. Have a good day. Thanks for sending in your message, Mike. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, dude. Gosh, you have $3,000, and the guy wants five for a 70 Alpine White Superbird. God. <laughs> that's when I'm going, okay, a couple things are going to happen here. I'm going to take this three grand, and I'm going to go to the nearest casino, and... I'm going to play some blackjack and we're going to let it ride. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're going to see if we can make this happen. Or I hope I don't offend anybody by when I say this. I would have to find I probably shouldn't say that. Never mind. <laughs> I won't say it. That would have been bad. Um yeah, that's one of those things, you know, you make those phone calls, you ask anybody you can, hope to god somebody Man, that's tough. Question is, is what are you willing to do for that extra two grand? <laughs> you know what I mean? For a Superbird, if I have $3,000 in my pocket and I need 2000 to buy a Superbird, I mean, I'd be willing to do some, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't rob anybody. But, uh, man, God, that's tough. I, I'd probably go to the casino. I'm pretty good at gambling sometimes. <laughs> I wouldn't take any of the free drinks, but I, I'd probably try my hand at maybe some No Limit Hold'em. I could probably do something there. Uh, blackjack, that's a risk, but one hand, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> you almost want to try one hand. It's like, well, God, that's a tough one, man. I don't even know what I do. What am I talking about? I don't know. It's late. But, I, you know, I like the fact that, you know, you. I like the fact that in the end you still have a '68 Charger RT, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? If if the one that you got a, that got away from you is a '70 Superbird, but you still have a '68 Charger RT, uh, I, it's a cool story. I don't feel bad for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Thank you, Mike, for sending in your message, and thank you all for joining me. God, 2 a.m. where you guys are at, Logan Kelly. Thank you for joining me, Anthony. If you listen to this again, thank you. Kelly says I lost a '70 Charger. SE 383 four barrel triple green for 2500 in 1996. Damn. 
I think I was in middle school. God, I can't believe they were that cheap then. I don't remember. I've been reading Auto Traders for a long time, and I don't ever remember Mopars being that cheap. Maybe it's just because when I was that young, that kind of money was still expensive to me. I don't know. Uh, but now looking back, I, I kind of want to strangle my father and go, hey, if this was all that cheap, why didn't you buy any? <laughs> Kelly says, uh, I needed two weeks to get my money out of the stock market and the charger sold the next day. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, man, that one hurts. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Damn. Ah, uh, yeah, that's tough, dude. I I don't have those struggles. I buy cheap shit because that's all I can afford. <laughs> the Mister Norm truck was the most expensive vehicle I have ever bought cash and have ever owned outright. I'll admit that. Rick says I picked up a '68 Charger '383 three years ago for seventeen grand. Damn, that's a deal. I mean, what kind of shape was it in, dude? Because. <laughs> I'm sure you follow the Mopar Hunter, man. I cannot find a decent charger, a decent second generation charger for under 20 grand. I really can't. Um, the ones that I see for 20 grand are rot boxes. I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it. It just bothers me because it's one of those dreams that I may not ever see come to fruition. Kelly says, I missed a 68 383 two-barrel charger for $2,500, 10 blocks from my house. Damn. Okay, let's be honest, guys. Johnny Mopar is listening to this, probably looking out his window at the 30 chargers he has, and he's like, God, <laughs> $2,500? I paid that for all of those <laughs> together. Johnny Mopar is one of those I love that guy, man. <laughs> he's got so many cool cars, and uh, he got such a damn good deal <laughs> on all of them. So, Johnny Mopar, you're the man. And for all of you listening, go check out Johnny's YouTube channel. He's doing some really cool stuff with a 68 Charger right now. And I'll leave it at that. You can figure that out on your own. Go follow, like, and subscribe to Johnny Mopar on YouTube. Rick says, I wish I could post a pic on here. Um, Gosh, I don't know how you would be able to share that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would have to look into that. If there's a website or something that I can, uh, jump on, I could share the screen, but I don't know how I would, uh, yeah, I can share videos. I can share screens, but I have to have them on my computer. If you emailed the picture to me, um, Chris at talking Mopars.com, it probably won't work now. Cause I got to go to bed. I got to get up in three hours. Oh. <laughs> uh. But Rick, I do want to see I do want to see the car. So the next time I do a live, um, email me early on in the show and uh, let me know that you emailed me, Chris at talkingmopars.com, and I'll show it on the next show. You could actually email me the picture right now and uh, um, let me know, and uh, we'll get it shared on the next show. The next time I do a live. <laughs> Fifty thousand. Yeah, if uh, I wouldn't be in the market for a B body unless I had twenty five to th God, twenty five or you know on up. 
you know, I've seen a couple decent driver quality cars for like 25,000, but they're really not. There's the yawn. They're really not uh, $25,000 cars. You know what I mean? But that's just my opinion. Logan says that's like A-bodies in Wisconsin. Are they really starting to skyrocket out there? I noticed that they're starting to skyrocket here. Uh, There's a guy. I hope he doesn't listen to this because I'm not trying to be insulting. He had a 69 Dart, and it was the same time I was selling mine. And his was like, I want a minimum. I remember it being 10 grand. Okay. I almost said 13, but I, I can't, don't quote me on that. Um, and it was a shell stripped. I think it was uh, an epoxy. And some of the some of the panels hadn't even been welded in yet. And he wanted 10 grand. And I was like, okay, I should have no problem selling mine for 3,500. And I didn't. I got blown up. But uh, I've slowly watched that car go down in price from 10 thousand dollars for a 69 dodge dart right completely torn apart to i think the last time i saw it was like 3500 or 2500 <laughs> for a split second i was like maybe i'll buy the dart i don't know <laughs> uh. kelly says fifty thousand, and you can still choose your color kelly hey thanks for joining me buddy we'll see you next time i'm getting ready to sign off here Logan says, any Mopars in the Midwest are crazy in price lately. Mopars are crazy everywhere, dude. And on that note, thank you all for joining me once again for this late night edition, Thursday night, Friday morning show, talking Mopars. Kelly says, one more time, hold on. We're not leaving yet. What does Kelly say? This is the last one, guys. I have my OE67 Barracuda listed for sale. It will be 30000 when I finish it. Cool, man. Let me know. I'll post it on the Mopar Hunter. Later, Logan. Thank you. Thank you all. This is it. Thank you all for joining me tonight on Thursday night, Friday morning. I don't know what I'm doing. We're just having fun here. We've gone for almost two hours once again. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you for the the likes and the hearts and all that good stuff. Um, for everything you need to know about the podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. Don't forget about my friends, Blake from DIYHemi.com. Johnny Mopar, you can find him on YouTube. Matt Monroe from Big Blocks Garage. The Mad Fro Monroe on Big Blocks Garage podcast. I just slung water all over my webcam. Great. <laughs> That's how tired I am. Um, and of course, my friend Chuck over at hemipages.com and Ready Chassis. Uh, that's it. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. No Mopar left behind. Adios. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. Thank you for joining me on this live episode. And I say live now, but this is this is recorded after the fact. So thanks for joining me today on this episode. And, you know, when I go live, you know, I may say some things that could be considered regrettable. But hey, it's in the moment and I said what I said. So I'll own it. I hope I didn't offend anybody. And I hope you guys had a good time. You know, I... I'm still getting used to going live and just going off the cuff. It's nothing I've ever done before. You know, I've never done any type of improvisational work or anything like that. So as soon as I started going live with these things, um, that was the first, the first shot at it. So I'm still getting used to this and I think they're going to get better in time. And by better, I, I have a great time talking to people, you know what I mean? But, um, these aren't planned. I don't, <laughs> I just go on there and wing it. So for me, it's a lot of fun. 
And I, I can't believe people join me in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I'm, I'm thankful for everybody that joins me. I'm thankful for all of you listening. And just know that if I'm on here talking Mopars with you, I'm having a good time. And I hope you are too. That's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I can't wait to talk to you again. For everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And hey, while you're there, go pick up a No Mopar Left Behind t-shirt. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned. I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.